Hey guys, it is your girl Kendra Dion, and welcome to the Kendra Dion Patient Project, where patient and purpose collide. Guys, it is episode 19. I'm so hyped. Next week, we'll make episode 20, and it's also the last Friday of 2019, so I'm so excited about that. Um, But this week, I am talking about a cross-shaped life, okay, and so as I was just, you know, thinking over last week's podcast, um, I was forced to think about a statement I made last week, right? So last week, I made a statement about how, you know, um, the attacks that may come from the enemy, you know, when we decide to walk and live in a way that's pleasing to God, you know, the enemy will attack us because it's like, no, like, I don't want you going that way. I want you to come this way. I want you to stay here with me. And so the example that I use, the con- um, in the context of last week's podcast, it made sense, right? Because we were talking about how the Egyptians were chasing the Israelites as they were trying to leave, right? Um, however, I just wanted to make clear that um, we need to understand that Yes, you know, sometimes the enemy does launch attacks, you know, against us while we're walking with God. But I just wanted to really address the misconception that people really believe that every single attack or every single setback is just straight from the enemy. Right. Because sometimes God allows us to go through and face difficult situations, right, in order to develop our character and to strengthen like our faith and our trust in him, or to simply show us another side of who he is, right? It's like, if we don't go through certain certain things, I won't know God to be Jehovah Jireh if I never need him to provide for me. I won't never know that he is Jehovah Rapha if he's never healed me or had to heal somebody close to me. Um, And so when we face these different things, sometimes it's not just about you going through a bad thing or it's not just the enemy attacking you for no reason. If you're going through an attack, then you have to understand that. Any attack you face from the enemy is still controlled and has its limitations. Okay. And so we see in Job 2 verse 6, um, God allows Satan. He gives him permission to stricken Job's body with sickness. But he forbids him to kill Job, which shows that even when God allows an attack, it's still a quality control test. You ever see something and they say this is quali- a quality control test that's happening or something like that? It's the same thing with when, when God allows an attack. You know, God is not allowing the enemy to attack you or he's not allowing certain things to go awry. Um, just, you know, just for the, the, the heck of it. OK, if you're going through something, there is a purpose in it and you're going something is going to come out of it whether your character is developed more you learn god in a new way um you grow spiritually um you know or in maturity whatever like it's going to serve a purpose okay god is not allowing any tests in your life um that one doesn't have um that you don't have the power to overcome and two that doesn't serve a purpose okay so if you're going through something you have the power to overcome it and two you will 
um, it will serve a purpose in your life, right? And it's, this makes me think about Romans 8.28, right? Because it says all things work together for those who love him, God, and are called according to his purpose, right? So when you have accepted the invitation of God, right? And you begin to walk in and towards his purpose for your life, then even the tests, right, are working toward that purpose for you. We talked about it the week before last. We used the example of graduation. Every class, every assignment, every test, what did we say? It serves toward pushing you towards that purpose of graduation, right? Like every single assignment, every single class, every single test that you take is pushing you toward fulfilling the purpose of graduation, okay? And so it's the same thing when we talk about a life surrender or a cross-shaped life. In a cross-shaped life, everything you've been through, that you're going through, or that you will go through is um, serving a purpose, right? So, you know, when we talk about a cross-shaped life, right, you can look at when you're, when you're living a cross-shaped life, and I'm talking about like when you're fully submitted and you're surrendered to God, you will have the ability to begin to look at pain to look at adversity and see God working in it right I remember going through uh, some rough seasons right and saying it was good that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes right because it was like I had a cross-shaped perspective I knew that it was producing something I might not even be sure of what the something is but it's like if God is allowing me to go through this thing it's not meant to kill me but it is meant to produce something in me okay so in a cross shape, like, like I said, you can you can like look back and see how like the things that didn't feel good while you were going through them, they had an ultimate purpose and it produced something beneficial in your life, whether it be ministry or your testimony or just a, a personal development where your character improved or, you know, you grew more patient. You know, God will allow you to go through certain things to increase your patience, to help you grow in the fruits of the spirit. Right. And so the other thing we have to realize, too, is sometimes you'll go through something and it's not even all about you. It's, it might not always be about your personal growth, your personal development. Right. And I have had many, many moments in my life where I have realized that, OK, I went through this so that I could testify about God's goodness in this area. Right. Like I didn't go through this just for me right sometimes we go through it and it develops us but sometimes we're most of the time we're going through things it's not even for us or about us it's for somebody else it's for the next person right and so if you're new to the passion project right you might not be familiar with my story or my uh, testimony right but before getting married um and having my son in 2018 I was a single mom right for about five years I had two daughters um by two different guys and it's too much to share right now. Um, you know, maybe I'll share another time. Or if you want shameless plug, you can go on Amazon and get my book because I do share some more of my story there. Um, and the book is called Situationships on Amazon. Um, but yeah, so um, when my engagement ended with my daughter's dad, you know, I really struggled for about two years. So we broke up when I was 23. So my daughter was one, right? And when we broke up, the enemy literally began to torment my mind, right? Like, he used to just torment my mind with thoughts about, like, you know, oh, my God, like, you know, look at your life. Like, what would your life be like 
if you didn't have kids and you know whatever like that and the crazy thing is when I was with him as I was writing this and preparing I thought about it like it's crazy how the enemy works because I didn't have a problem with having two daughters when I was engaged but once I wasn't engaged anymore it's like dang you know sometimes like it's easy to move on when a relationship ends and there's nothing remaining right but what do you do when you have two reminders right two very present reminders on a daily basis of a failed relationship or failed relationships right um and so he would just like just literally antagonize and and torment me with these thoughts of like what would your life be like and it would be easier and it would be better and blah, blah 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 right and I remember like one day I really just decided like enough is enough. Like you're not about to keep tormenting me with this. Like I love my daughters. I love motherhood. Like and I'm going to enjoy this season that I'm in. I'm not going to allow you to keep tormenting me with these thoughts. And that's one thing as believers that we have to understand is that every thought we have is not from um, not from ourselves. Like every single thought, every emotion is not our own. Sometimes the enemy will put these thoughts and emotions and suggest these thoughts and um, emotions. And it's like, are you going to buy in to what the enemy is selling? The enemy is selling you wolf tickets. He's trying to get you to, you know, not enjoy where you are in life. And so it's like, am I going to buy these wolf tickets? No. Like, you know what? I am happy. I love my kids. Like, that was the crazy part. It's like, I knew that in the midst of having those thoughts, I knew my true heart in the situation. I knew that I was happy. I knew that I loved my children. I knew that they were a blessing to my life. And they definitely served a purpose and helped me out in a lot of other ways. And it was like, it took me commanding, no, I'm not going to allow this to ruin me and and just drive me nuts on a daily basis and literally after that happened I shut the enemy up once I decided you know what no this is not you know working for me you know what I'm saying once I decided that literally those thoughts stopped like once I commanded no I'm not thinking this I'm not entertaining these thoughts anymore right but let me tell you the enemy he doesn't have new tricks right and so sometimes what he'll do is he'll come back and present and try to distract you maybe you're growing or doing something and he's trying to find a way to distract you he don't got no new tricks so what he'll do is he'll present old stuff to you to to, to try to distract you to see if you'll take the bait again right and so now I'm married right and I feel like you know I have like quote unquote the picture perfect life and I say that because no life is perfect okay single mom life has challenges and so does married life okay but anyway, so yeah, one day I find myself asking God, I'm like, why did you allow it to work out this way? Like, and it's this particular um, young lady I follow on Instagram and she has a ministry and she shares her story of being single and dating and stuff and how God, you know, restored her. And she has a husband and she married kids, all that great stuff. And I remember really sitting here asking God one day, like, why didn't you allow my life? to work out that way like you knew I was going to turn my heart towards you and walk in submission and you know why did you allow my brokenness to produce this but you didn't allow hers like why didn't you allow me to just wait and you know like why didn't you just allow me to meet my husband and then have my three kids like I want my three kids but why didn't you allow me to have them all by him why did you allow my story to work out this way where I have a blended family even though let me tell you guys I am so grateful to God for my my little piece of heaven on earth 
that is my little family. Like I love my family and I wasn't saying it in a way of like I don't appreciate or love my family. I was just saying like, why didn't you allow it to work out the quote unquote picture perfect way? Why didn't you allow it to work out that way? And the Holy Spirit quickly, quickly checked me and said, because like if I would have just allowed your story, like if every story would have just worked out perfectly, like the person I was referring to, quote unquote, perfectly. Um, he said, what hope would there have been for the next single mom? Like your testimony will be encouraging for the next single mom. Right. How would a next single mom know um, of my love and my redemptive power? If I didn't have somebody to testify to that. And I was so humbled, you guys. I was so humbled that God trusted me, right? And really worked my past together for my good, right? He gave me a wonderful husband who loves and cares for my daughters as if they were his own. Like he, even like when he introduces them, it's always like, these are my daughters. It's never a stepdaughter or any other words or phrases that will be um, indicative that they don't sh share the same di biology as him. They are his daughters, period. And it's crazy because I remember when I met him, he told me like he always wanted to have a daughter and he had his own reasons for why he wanted a daughter. And now he's like, what? I got two daughters. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? So God is so faithful in that way because he still fulfilled a desire in his heart as well by me having two daughters so it worked it was a blood them they were a blessing not only to me but they ended up being a blessing to the future husband that god knew he would have for me in the long run okay but yeah so like i said the holy spirit you know said it's not about you and when he said that it really humbled me right because it's like you know it made me think about enduring for the sake of others so like I said if we look at our situations that we're in and realize like it's not about me like I'm even though I'm the one going through this right now this is going to bless somebody else right and when I think about this idea or concept of enduring for the sake of others um I was reminded of Hebrews 12 2 that says looking toward Jesus who's the author and finisher of, finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And I remember the first time I read that scripture, I was like, what? Like how he look at the cross and see joy. I just, my brain just could not understand that. Like the, the cross was not a, a pretty sight. You know what I'm saying? Like you go through and read what, what, what Jesus endured on the cross and you say, and he saw joy for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. And I love the way the Amplified Version says it. I'm going to read it. It says Hebrews 12, 2 through 4, I'm going to read um, in the Amplified Version, saying, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured for sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet struggled to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. Y'all, like I said, it says Jesus looked at the pain of the cross and saw joy. 
But why did he see joy? He saw joy because of the ultimate purpose it was served for us. So it wasn't even about him. He was looking at what it was producing. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. He was looking at what the cross would produce for us, the salvation it would bring to us. He didn't even consider himself. He was thinking about us. And when he thought about us, he looked past the cross and saw the joy of our salvation, us being able to be one with the father again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so we are to look at him as our example, right? When we're facing, it says, could you like use that when you compare and when you're considering your trials? Think about that. Okay. And then the thing is, especially, we especially need to think about it when we're enduring hard times that are self-induced. And I say that because, yes, God is omnipotent, right? God is all-powerful. And he absolutely has the power to, like, stop things from happening, even things that we have caused ourselves, right? And so, you know, he absolutely had the power to allow me to just you know, not have kids in those two failed relationships and wait and get married and have a husband and have my kids with him and have the quote unquote picture perfect life. Right. He had the power to do that. However, I didn't find myself in the situation of being a single mom as a result of God's doing like God didn't make me a single mom. I my own attempts of self-medicating my brokenness and trying to find love in all the wrong places and trying to find love outside of him caused me to find myself in single motherhood it wasn't God's doing it was mine but glory to God because when I finally came to the end of myself and realized that you know what all right you know I've always been loved like God has always loved me and when I surrendered right and be well let me say when I began to surrender because surrender is an ongoing process as I began to surrender God began to take the broken pieces and put me back together in ways that I didn't know were possible it's so amazing that God was able to say look I'll use what you thought was ugly I'll use what you thought was unworthy and what was painful to help another single mom that was essentially what, what the Holy Spirit was saying when he was checking me right and so now I'm able to do just as D Jesus did and disregard the shame of being a single mom, right? Because, you know, sometimes that comes with its own negative implications and connotations and people judging you and all this kind of stuff, right? But I'm able to now disregard that, right? Because I know that it's going to be another young lady out there who finds herself as a single mom and needs to know that God will rede redeem you and restore you. And when you surrender your whole life, and children to him that he will he can send a man of God into your life um who will be able to love you and love your children as their as his own okay so God was still able to take the pain and you know get glory out of my painful season all right oh my gosh I'm running out of time y'all but anyway and then another way God allowed a bad situation um, to develop me and grow me was the um, fight I told y'all about, the infamous fight with one of my students' parents. I told y'all about on episode one, this parent tried to come to attack me at work, and I was fired for trying to stand up. I didn't even fight the lady. I didn't even try to fight the lady, um, but I stood up and spoke out for myself, and I was fired for it, whatever. Um, and, like, I shared, like, 
that literally came with um a few dark days right literally a couple like two or three days because after a while i had to fall on my knees and give it to god but anyway um but in those two or three days afterwards it was filled with like so much stress anxiety tears and like frustration because i was frustrated it wasn't fair all of that right but as i look over those last two years as a whole God used it to strengthen me and grow me up in ways that literally would not have happened had I not been forced to sit down and be quiet and still before him. Okay, so in these last two years of not working, I have been forced to seek his face, get in his face. I had time to just worship, you know, what I'm trying to say like and in this in this time of not working a formal job. You know, my vision and my purpose have become clearer. Okay. I've I've become very clear on what it is that God wants me to do. And I have also just matured in like ways that there is no language for. It's just only something that God did. That's all I can say. Um, but I really do remember struggling and battling. Um, and really having to fight against depression because I had never not worked before. Like I said, I was a single mom, so I was used to being independent. It was hard for me to get used to walking in this space where I was dependent on my husband. And so it was a lot of undoing of me, undoing of the pride of being an independent woman and not needing anybody. But you know what? In the midst of trying to fight that depression, God had instructed me to worship. One day, you know, the spirit of depression was like really trying to attack me. And God told me to worship, right? And he said, worship because depression cannot exist in my presence. And so as I began to worship, right? The, the depressed lies of the enemy began to fall away. They had to bow down because God's word was true that depression couldn't exist in his presence. But as I began to worship and like I said, those depressed lies were removed. I was able to see more clearly how even though that the season wasn't is exactly how I imagined it when I said, God, I want to stay home with my baby. Like I, of course, you know, you imagine it in the most perfect circumstances, <laughs> possible right and so just because it wasn't exactly what I had envisioned God was God allowed me to see yo don't forsake a season that you pray for because it doesn't look exactly like what you imagine because I'm still being faithful to you I'm I'm fulfilling my promise well not even my promise but I'm fulfilling a a prayer request that you have asked of me and don't allow the enemy to snatch it from you because it doesn't look like what you pictured And so I'm running out of time. So I'm going to do a part two. All right.